What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday on Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Jared Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and you can follow the uh, social pages on Twitter and Facebook for the latest updates. We got a special uh, Guest Friday coming at you guys this week um, with March Madness being upon us. The tournament starts Thursday. Uh, Guest Friday's out for you guys a couple days early um, on Tuesday, so uh, nothing better to do than to get my good friend uh, Matt Plew on the podcast to uh, do a little March Madness breakdown. Uh, Matt, what's up, buddy? How are you? Thank you for having me. It's uh, the best time of season. It's uh, March, baby. Yeah, it certainly is. It's uh, exciting. You know, I remember last year we did this around this time, but I think we had the idea to do this after the brackets have been revealed so we can really kind of dive into uh, the matchups and, and all that sort of thing. Um, so and dissect it, yeah, definitely. Exactly, yeah, so really looking forward to it. I think uh, this season in particular has been uh, just all over the place in terms of there not really being a set number one team. You know, I think that there are a number of teams that could go deep, but I don't think that there's a far and away number one team that everyone's expecting uh, to win it all. I, I agree. I think this is anybody's anybody's year to uh, win the March Madness. There's not that one clear cut. Yep, they're going to win it. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Uh, yeah. Team this year, which actually makes March Madness 10 times better. Yeah. You know, when, when you're filling out a bracket, you know, there's those teams that everyone, you know, thinks are going to win it every year and that are a lock for know winning it because they might be the best team and every every year there's an overall number one of course which this year is Alabama but I, I think it's wide open for um, anyone to win it and I think a few number ones actually could be in trouble and and uh, hit a roadblock and I think there's some uh, regions that are really tough you're gonna have to be in dog fights in order to get to the to the final four and we can touch upon you know later on in the in the podcast of you know what's the toughest region in my opinion in your opinion and uh you know what one seeds might be in trouble and I'll maybe give our final four predictions and our champion yeah yeah absolutely um so I don't I don't think there was really much uh you know talk about teams that did or didn't get in I mean I don't think that there was really a team that got in that shouldn't have like I don't think there was a big controversy controversy is Maybe there has been in years past where there's a team that, you know, gets in that a lot of people think that they didn't deserve it. So, um, or at least that's what I, I thought. I, agree. I don't know if you thought any differently. I, I agree. I, I, I wasn't too overly concerned with the, the first four out and the last four in. Mm-hmm. My only question to the selection committee was um, I'd like a better understanding of why Arizona State got in it. They had at one point in the season, you know, six or seven straight packed. Pac-12 losses uh, to some teams that are in uh, March Madness. You know, I, I might put up, I might put up an argument that Rutgers maybe deserved to be playing Nevada and not Arizona State, but I get it. Okay. You know, the the selection committee is um, re- respectful to Bobby Hurley and um, you know that that program. I'm not going to make a huge argument though. You know, I, no doubt about it. UNC did not deserve to uh, be in the March Madness. I don't care if, you know, they're, they're a staple in March Madness and that program has been in it and they made it to the Final Four last year and then were a preseason number one this year. Um, they were they were frauds. They were a horrible team. They did not have a good season. Their quad one, um, you know, schedule was, there were one in nine and that's what really gets you into March Madness, those quad one victories. You know, anyone can beat a, a mid-major team and, you know, you know, pad your schedule that way. But when it came mm-hmm. down to strength of schedule, they, they had some ugly losses. And um, I also thought it was a little distasteful what North Carolina did last night. They kind of looked like a, an eight-year-old getting their basketball stolen from them at, you know, a, a rec league. And, you know, they're sitting in timeout pouting. You know, Hubert Davis in, in UNC puts out a statement, you know, basically crying, you know, that they didn't get into March Madness. So they're not going to take a number one um, selection for the NIT. You know, me as a, as, a, as a high school basketball coach or just a basketball coach in general, if you have seniors on your, on your uh, program, a- any opportunity to play postseason 
college basketball you should you should jump on mm-hmm. and I, I thought it was very distasteful and uh, really disheartening to see that UNC um, didn't accept that invitation to the NIT because I'd make an argument that they'd probably be a Final Four team in, in the NIT. Yeah, it's not that big, um, you know, sexy March Madness, you know, claim yeah. to fame, if you will, but you're playing postseason basketball. So yeah. I don't I don't uh, agree with that decision, but I, I don't have any arguments against um, the, the, four, uh, the, the last four in and the first four out. Mm-hmm. Once again, I mentioned Rutgers, but... I think Rutgers will put up a good showing in uh, in March in the uh, the March Madness NIT tournament that they're in as a number one seed. And yeah. I think what hurt them the most, listening to the selection committee, was um, that one of their star players went down. And you know, if their star player didn't go uh, go down uh, in in February, I think they'd be a lot to get in March Madness. But that played a a, a role in Steve Peichel and Rutgers not getting in and. Um, I have no other no other qualms about it. Mm-hmm. Clemson, you know, once again had some quad one losses, and their strength of schedule might have been a little tough. But other than that, I think you're right. I I, I uh, have no issues with uh, those last four in or first first four out. Yeah, I don't really think I did either. I mean, I think that the teams that got in, you know, I think for the most part deserved to get in, and the teams that didn't didn't. And yeah. I will definitely agree that I thought it was a strange decision that UNC decided not to participate in the NIT. Because like you said, you know, you do have kids and particularly seniors that, you know, aren't going to have an opportunity to play in any more games. You know, that it's like the conference tournament was it. And they're just going right. to not play NIT. But hey, you know what? Like, it's their decision, I guess. I mean, it's kind of silly. Right. But, you know, I, just, I just thought it was silly because any chance you get – to have your right. seniors be able to put on a, a college basketball jersey one last time or, yeah. you know, if they made a run into the NIT, you know, four or five more times. Exactly. You know, that, that should have been a no-brainer. I right. get it. They're, they're worrying about the future and what have you. And maybe it was a punch to the gut and, and their ego because they, you know, made made um, the national championship last year and, you know, beat Duke in the final four and everything. So, you know, from that to being the preseason number one to, you know, being a, a – a, a first first four out in March Madness, you know, maybe it was a tough tough pill to swallow. So, but I have no other you know complaints about that. I think the selection committee, you know, held held their own and, and put together a good good bracket for this year. Yeah. So, um, you know, first four starts uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we're recording this on Monday night, so uh, tomorrow night will be the uh, first two matchups of the first four: uh, Texas A and M Corpus Corpus Christi against Southeast Missouri State, um, and then Mississippi State against Pitt, um, and then Wednesday, Arizona State, Nevada, and then Texas Southern and Baylor Dickinson. Uh, do you think any of these teams have the opportunity to, like, go deep in the tournament, like win multiple rounds? Yeah, I have two thoughts on the first four games, uh, especially the game tomorrow night at 9-10, okay. Mississippi State and Pittsburgh. I honestly have Pittsburgh – Beating Mississippi State tomorrow night, and then honestly, I would not be surprised, and I have it on my bracket I filled out, that they beat Mississippi State Tuesday night, then play um, Iowa State mm-hmm. later this week and beat Iowa State. Okay. I think I think mm-hmm. that's going to be a tough matchup for, for Iowa State if they get Pittsburgh, and mm-hmm. Jeff Capel and that Pittsburgh Panthers team right now is mm-hmm. is playing really well, and, he, and they are... Um, playing on all on all cylinders, and I think they had a good showing in the in the ACC tournament. And Jeff Capel really has um, a hold on that on that program that he coaches. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see that. I know Iowa State has some good wins, and um, you know that coach that they have. I can't pronounce his last name, but he came over from UNLV. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ is, uh, is his first name. You know has a has a good good team for sure, and they you know won the first uh, share of the first place. Um, Big Twelve, but uh, you know, I, I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if that if that happens. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think um, the reason I'm not too too keen on Mississippi State, you know, they have Chris Jans, um, who you know isn't a, a stranger to March Madness, but he's you know only you know first or second year taking over the reins at Mississippi State and you know still figuring things out. You know, they they have a good team. Don't get me wrong, but I think. Um, Pittsburgh will have the upper advantage mm-hmm. in that game. And then, 
you know, I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they give Iowa State all they can handle in, in that 6-11 matchup. And then mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think they move on. You know, more than likely they'll get, get to play uh, Xavier, who's the three seed coming out of the Midwest. So I don't think mm-hmm. they, you know, advanced farther than that. But, I, you know, at least make it into the second week uh, weekend of the, the tournament mm-hmm. um, would be something to be a force to be reckoned with. And then, the, you know, the last thing I just want to make note of, um, any uh, anyone can win an automatic bid, and anyone can win this time of year in, mm-hmm. in the uh, those those tournaments. So, you know, when you're looking at those brackets, you know, mm-hmm. it's it, it's interesting. You know, who, who everyone's gonna be like, you know, who the heck is Texas Southern uh, with Johnny Jones' program there, the former LSU coach mm-hmm. um, coaching at Texas Southern? They've been in it like the last four years, and you know, their uh, their schedule makes you or not their schedule, excuse me, their uh, record their record makes you raise your raise your eyebrows you're like wow 14 and 20 yeah you know jesus you know that must be a pretty uh weak conference they're in but uh mm-hmm. you know they had to really fight like dogs to get into this tournament to get an automatic bid and, and they got a tough tough blow with um farley uh fairly dickinson though uh fairly dickinson has a coach that came over from the division two program uh st thomas aquinas and uh not you know, St. Thomas Aquinas, right out of um, the New York City part area, mm-hmm. and um, he had a really, really rough uh, first year. They went like three and twenty-four last year, or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. And now they they got an automatic qualifier mm-hmm. uh, playing the first uh, first in uh, game as a sixteen matchup. Mm-hmm. I don't think obviously um, they're going to make it farther than um, the uh, <laughs> the first four. I mean, because they have to match up and play. I believe. It is uh, Purdue, yeah. Um, which you know that's going to be a tough matchup. But those those four, uh, first four uh, games, I think that's the biggest one I'm looking at is the Pittsburgh game, mm-hmm. the Nevada the Nevada Arizona State. You know, I think Nevada is going to pull out of that. But then they you know have to have to play a TCU team who was a very good coach, uh, Jamie uh, Jamie Dixon squad. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what your thoughts are. I, I think you know if I had to guess, the only matchup I think could could have some momentum for March Madness and and, and have an upset alert is that Pittsburgh game where they play Iowa State. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that I like the idea of the first four so that it gives some of these teams an opportunity to play in, uh, they play in a game or have a play in game before the actual tournament. Mm-hmm. So you give, you know, some of these 16 seeds a chance to, you know, get the feeling of winning a March Madness game because it's like Correct. in general. Obviously, the 16 seeds don't really have much of a chance. There's only been, only been one 16 seed that's ever won a game, you know, in the in the tournament. So UMBC, right? Exactly. So, and just to make a note of that, the the coach of UMBC who won that 16 seed game um, versus Virginia is currently coaching at Utah State, and I believe they are a 10 seed, and they have a matchup versus Missouri, which will be no easy test for Ryan Odom and Utah State. I think that's going to be a pretty fun matchup, I think, based on sure will. Um, the things that I was looking at. I think both teams that can score a lot of points, um, you know, play fast. So um, I figure, um, why don't we just start in the south bracket and then just go through yeah. the other the other ones. So Alabama, obviously, uh, the number one overall seed in the south. Um, Arizona, the second seed, and then Baylor, um, and Virginia kind of feel like this could be a possible upset bracket. Um, I think with some of these teams. Yeah, I, I immediately have a twelve-five upset. Uh, Charleston, I'm ri- I'm riding the Pat Kelsey train. Mm-hmm. He is a heck of a coach, and that is a heck of a program they got going there. Thirty-one and three um, on the season. That that is a force to be reckoned with, and they have a really good team in the Colonial Athletic. Um, uh, conference there, and mm-hmm. I, I just think for um, San Diego State that is a tough matchup, mm-hmm. very tough matchup. Yeah, the strength of schedule, you know, they don't they don't play that, um, you know, uh, hard of a schedule in the Colonial Athletic um, Conference, you know, because they're more of a mid major conference. But they they are on they at one point I think won like nineteen straight games mm-hmm. uh, before you know before losing. So I, I have that as a twelve five um, upset. You know, I'm sorry for the Aztec fans. Who might be listening in here, but I, I just I, there's always that twelve five um, chance that mm-hmm. you know a twelve is going to beat a five, and I mm-hmm. I think that 
this eight nine game uh, in the South West Virginia Maryland Maryland excuse me it's a toss up because we've seen this game before um, a few years back and it was a dog fight. I just think Maryland is really good right now uh, and they're playing good basketball. Kevin Willard, you know, first year at the helm, coming over from Seton Hall, coaching as alma mater. I think um, they're a they're a good basketball team right now and they're playing playing very well when it's you know counts the most. But then again, you don't ever count out Bobby Huggins and his West Virginia Mountaineers. So that that's going to be a dogfight. That could be you know um, a toss up. It could be either or with those eight nine games. Um, the, the big question mark for me, and I, you know, I, I guess it's my fault because I haven't really looked up them a lot or, or looked into them. But this Furman team, the thirteen four game, I see a lot of these uh, college basketball analysts, you know, are, are picking Furman, and uh, I, I just I don't see the hype. I, I think. You know, uh, Tony Bennett learned his lesson, um, you know, a few years back. He losing to UMBC and the the um, embarrassment that, you know, they endured. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think they're going to they're going to beat a uh, or excuse me, lose to a team like Furman. Furman's a good team. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. um, I'm not even quite sure what a Paladin is. I might have to look that up. <laughs> that's a that's an interesting mascot, but I, I don't think that'll be an upset. Uh, you know, moving on into like that second round and whatnot, mm-hmm. you're gonna see uh, a definitely a Creighton Baylor matchup. That's gonna be that's gonna be a great game. That's gonna come down to the wire. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think Creighton will have it at the end um, to beat a Baylor, but I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if they they do. Creighton, I think, is one of the teams that comes comes with a ton of veteran leadership um, with this this team that they have in March Madness. A lot of veteran guys that they're riding out with Greg McDermott's staff. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this is Alabama's bracket to have, though. I think Alabama will get through. I um, think so, too. They, they have tough matchups, though. They have to play Virginia um, once once they get through um, the respective games into the Sweet 16. And then, you know, potential Alabama and Arizona matchup, which that'll be a great game I'll be glued to my seats for. I, I have Bama in my in my Final Four. And pulling it in all the way to the um, to the national championship coming out of the south south bracket, mm-hmm. and uh, just a few other things to note. Um, you know, I'm big on looking at coaching and um, you know the hirings and, and the coaching carousel all year long. And I think the best coaching um, hire that came out of the 2022 carousel is Missouri hiring Dennis Gates from um, Cleveland State. I think he has done a heck of a job with the Missouri program. And that's why I have Missouri beating uh, Utah State. I think that's going to be a back-and-forth game. But uh, Missouri has a lot of talent, and I think they're going to actually also give Arizona uh, uh, all they can all they can uh, do to win that game, and it'll be a dogfight in Sacramento. But I think Arizona pull out in the end and, and win, and they're, they're playing really good basketball around. And, and Tommy Lloyd, that was a great hire that Arizona had, and they have such – such good leadership and a lot of also veterans as well, but also some some young underclassmen that um, can shoot the ball. So that's my opinions on the uh, mm-hmm. on the South region. What what about you? Did did I miss any thoughts or uh, what, what are you thinking? No, I mean I think I'm curious about that Virginia matchup just because I think they play in such a way that they want to play very slowly and very kind of grind it out, and I just think. You know, they want you to play that type of game. But what happens if they run into a team that, you know, can can be able to play quicker? And, you know, Virginia's not necessarily a team that can score a lot of points. Or we've not seen them score a lot of points. And so I'm just, you know, curious. What if Furman, you know, hits a lot of shots? And they have to force Virginia to, you know, have to score 70 points in a game. I'm just kind of curious about that. And then Baylor's another team I'm kind of, not concerned about, but I think the way that um, UC Santa Barbara can score the basketball, Baylor's had a lot of issues on defense this year. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're going to lose, but I think they certainly could be kind of in pos- for a battle. Yeah, could possibly have a scare um, in the first round. So those are just the thoughts that I had there. Um, but yeah, I, I, would I agree. agree. I would agree with you, though, that I think Alabama kind of has, I think, the. I don't want to say the easiest ride to the Final Four, but I think it kind of looks like it's it's kind of lining up for them that they could get to the Final Four. But then again, you know, who knows? You know, anything can Who knows? And I guess the only thing, and I, I'm riding with Alabama to my 
um, national championship. They're going to be one of the two teams I have um, potentially could win it. Mm-hmm. But my only concern about Alabama, and I'm hoping, you know, this doesn't trip them up, um, the off-the-court issues with Brandon Miller and, you know, just recently, as of, you know, less than a week ago, mm-hmm. those um, former Alabama players right. got indicted for, for the, you know, the shooting and the killing of, of that uh, individual uh, from, I believe, Alabama or the, or the program or the college. And, you know, Brandon Miller, you know, who could be a, a potential number one pick, was very much involved in that. You know, I think he's not guilty and, and whatnot, but, um, you know, how these analysts are and, you know, newscasters, they're all using that, you know, um, as ammo. And, um, it, you know, I, I just hope that come March and the March Madness, that's not used as a distract, distraction and, um, you know, the off-court um, drama, you know, doesn't affect um, Alabama in any, any way, shape, or form. I don't think it will. Nate Oates, I think, has, has the control of that program and, um, to try to close out those uh, distractions, yeah. if you will. So yeah. as long as there's no distractions and, uh, you know, Brandon Miller is, is uh, really on his toes, I, I think uh, I think they'll be all right. And I think Alabama has one of the best point guards in college basketball with J.V. on Quiverly, um, who uh, came from Villanova and transferred over to uh, Alabama. And he's He's a force to be reckoned with, and, and, and uh, I believe a senior. So he, he's going to want to go out on top for uh, you know, one of his last year, years or a year. I, I think he's a senior. Um, so I, I think he's going to give it his all. And they're just very talented. I mean, the way the way they uh, put it to uh, the, the uh, SEC tournament Texas the, the other day, Te- Texas A&M, mm-hmm. whew, that was that – was, uh, lights out performance so that's my only concern I'm, I'm watching that but uh i don't think that's a trip up you know this this is march madness and they're going to do all they can to be sure they give it their all every night yeah i mean i think i think that you know if the team thought that the situation was an issue i don't think brandon miller would still be on the team you know i Correct. think that that's something they probably would have nipped in the bud but i mean yeah i think having to deal with Correct. that sort of, you know, negative attention, I guess, you know, something they're going to have to think about. But I think that, you know, they got a good program over there. Hopefully they have they do. Know, good, you know, leadership over there that can, you know, have them focused on what the task at hand is. So. Right. I'd like to, I'd like to save the East bracket for last, that region, if we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. We go across. So the, I'm going to just touch base yeah, so we'll do the Midwest. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I, uh, I like I like this region. Uh, I, I like this region. I think it's kind of cool uh, because you could potentially have a Houston and Texas matchup. So that that uh, uh, will bring a lot of uh, hype that in that Midwest exciting. region because it could be an Elite Eight uh, matchup of Houston versus Texas, yeah. which would be really cool. My concern is is Marcus Caesar going to be a okay? Uh, I think you saw it in the American. Um, athletic championship versus Memphis uh, when he wasn't there. Oh, sure. There's a yeah. huge, there's a huge loss, and uh, Calvin Sampson has a great program, and and uh, they have earned themselves a 31 and three record this year. And uh, every loss they had was a dogfight. It's not like they got blown out, other than uh, the athletic um, championship they just had versus Memphis. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I'm I'm watching them. I really am excited to uh, actually attend uh, Friday the U- U- uh, University of Miami and Drake game. Mm-hmm. I am going to be glued to my seat at the Albany um, MVP Arena yeah, uh, right. for that game for sure. Yeah. Drake is a great basketball program, as always in March Madness, and Darren DeVries is a great coach, and I think he'll probably get a, uh, a new job this year. I know there's going to be a lot of people um, – pushing him to take that uh, Notre Dame job because uh, Drake is pretty close to Notre Dame. I know he's been rumored to have interest in it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with that. And um, I think Miami, though, will pull out in the end. Jim Laranaga and, and his squad, I think, um, is probably a little disappointed that they got that five seed. But um, I, I don't think they'll get upset here. I think Miami will pull it out. And um, 
another game I'll be able to see Friday in my hometown of Albany is the Indiana-Kent State game. I'm looking forward to that U- University of Miami-Indiana matchup. Uh, two very experienced coaches going to go up against each other, Jim Laranega and um, Mike Woodson, both also um, NBA coaches. Uh, one was an assistant, one was an um, actual um, head coach in the uh, NBA. So that'll have a lot of veteran leadership and experience there. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast, I think Pittsburgh outlasts Iowa State and they'll move on. And uh, another upset I have is a 10-7 upset. Um, Texas A&M is a good program and a good, good, good coach team with Buzz Williams. But um, I just really like how Penn State's playing right now mm-hmm. with Micah Shrewsbury. Shout out to Boston Celtics right there. Yeah, um, yeah. Former assistant. Speaking yeah. of former assistants, Damian Stoudemire just got hired at Georgia Tech a few hours ago. So yes, his, yes. La- his last uh, game tonight with the Boston Celtics as an assistant is this evening. So that that's actually a good hire for Georgia Tech. But mm-hmm. I think um, I think Penn State has a really good stud in Jalen Pickett. Jalen Pickett used to play at Siena in the 518 here uh, mm-hmm. for um, the Albany area, and he was very well-liked, and I think it was a great move for him to go from Siena to Penn State, and he is their uh, bread and butter. He averaged 20-plus a game, and you know he had some assists, rebounds. I mean, he did it all. He's, he's playing his heart out, and I think he has to have a big game, though, in order to beat um, Texas A&M. If he doesn't have a big game, they don't win. Uh, it's simple as that, and I think Texas will have no problem with Colgate. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the Texas Texas uh, route of travel because I, I want to see that Texas and Houston Elite Eight matchup. I have Texas winning mm-hmm. the uh, that game in the Elite Eight, and I have Texas in my uh, Final Four um, coming out mm-hmm. of the uh, Midwest region. Got a Chris Beard uh, just accepted the job at Ole Miss today, who. Uh, with speculate speculation, whatever that word is, it's a hard word to say right there. But uh, he was um, rumored to maybe come back to Texas after you know being abruptly fired because of the uh, allegations. Yeah. That didn't happen. He went and took Ole Miss's job. So um, at, at this point, I think it's a no-brainer. Texas needs to um, hire the uh, the coach right now who has been coaching for them in an interim spot. I'm blanking on his name right now. I think his last name is Terry. I think if he uh, coaches his heart out in, in March Madness, the job is his to be had, to, to, to be hired full-time, not just on an interim base. He's done great in, in a very tough spot. Like we just talked about with Alabama, Texas early on had a lot of distractions and a lot of disturbing um, incidents going on in their program. And, you know, they are uh, currently 26-8, and eight, very respectively, and uh, really rocked it in the Big 12. So, I think he deserves that job if they make a run into the Final Four, which I really think can happen. But they got to get, you know, Houston's got to get through uh, a U- U- University of Miami team. Uh, can't count out that uh, sec- second round matchup, Houston and Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, Auburn is a Bruce Pearl coach team that very, very uh, athletic and, and can play very well. We've seen them do it a few times versus uh, Alabama. So mm-hmm. I think um, the Midwest is, is a toss-up with some good teams, but I think in the end you're going to see Texas come out uh, into mm-hmm. the Final Four to represent the Midwest. What, what are you thinking on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, as you said, off the top with Houston and, you know, Marcus Sasser being injured and, you know, does that affect them in the tournament? You know, I think it probably depends on the severity of that injury if, He's unable to play. That could be a huge problem because I think he's one of their one of their best players, if not their best player. So, you know, that yes, could be is. something to watch. You know, I think um, Auburn's a team, like you just said, I think is a very dangerous team because they think that when they get it clicking and they, you know, are playing the way that they're capable of, they can beat anyone in the country. So, And we've seen how, you know, Bruce, Bruce Pearl's team's are in, in March Madness, Absolutely. you know, whether he was with Auburn, if he was when he was with Tennessee, right. you know, he, you know, it doesn't matter what the record is mm-hmm. because right now, um, Auburn's record is 20 and 12. Yeah. yeah. They have 12 losses, but Hey, a lot of them were dog fights and yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, when we, you know, we'll talk about this more in the East region, but, um, you know, come March, it, it's like you're zero and zero. Yeah. Um, uh, it's anyone's game and very, very much think there's, experience in that game Iowa Auburn you know Fran McCaffrey's team is very good don't get me wrong but I think at the in the end 
um, Auburn will pull out with that for sure. And um, I, I just think I think it's a really cool matchup with the Elite Eight, um, Houston versus Texas. That'll that'll really be a force to be reckoned with. And if, if you were living in in the state of Texas, that'll yeah. that'll be like almost a little, little mini Super Bowl for for sports fans out that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about how Texas does. I think they can go deep. Right. I think Penn State is able to win that first round game. That could certainly be a, an interesting game. The the ten versus two Texas Penn State. I love the way that uh, Micah Shrewsbury yes. has coached up that team and played to a level that you know I didn't think they were capable of. You know, if you saw if you saw the end of that Big Ten championship game, they almost came back. It was wild. I so know. you yes. know, obviously, I have a soft spot for uh, him being a former Celtics assistant, but uh, really <laughs> like what um, I saw from them in the Big Ten tournament. Um, so. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on with. Uh... With the Boston Celtics, but they're putting out some pretty good uh, college basketball coaches nowadays. It must yeah. be the Brad Stevens effect. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll move on to the the West, the West, yeah. and then um and, yeah. and in the East, please. So the West, I I, uh, I I obviously like Kansas for sure. I, uh, I do as well. I like Kansas. I, I'm I'm all all the best to to Bill Self. I think um, mm-hmm. you saw versus Texas in um. The uh, S, excuse me, the Big Twelve championship that with him not on the sidelines, huge difference. You know, he, yeah. he's the bread and butter, butter leading the ship there. And you know, yeah, they had a, mm-hmm. you know, their associate head coach. Don't get me wrong. You know, he, he knows the program and has that respect. But you know, Bill Self is Bill Self. He's got a yeah. remarkable uh, resume, and I think mm-hmm. without him on the sidelines, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, they're going to have a really tough second round matchup. Um, they're going to get that Arkansas game. I I, I think. Arkansas is just going to be way too good and way too experienced for um, Illinois' uh, team. You know, Arkansas and Eric Musselman have a great basketball team, and um, they play in the SEC. And and, and uh, they're, the, they're, they're the dogs for a reason. That's that's their their nickname, and uh, it's it's going to be a, a back and forth game with Arkansas yeah. Illinois. But I think Arkansas will pull it out. Mm-hmm. Um, another game I get to see, um, two games I get to see um, Friday night at. Albany um, for March Madness. I'm I'm really excited about his VCU and and uh, St. Mary's. This is a 5-12 um, game that could be a toss up. Uh, VCU is a very good, very good basketball program. I think uh, very, very respectful out of the Atlantic Ten. And um, you know St. Mary's, it, it's always tough when you when you um, evaluate uh, the Western Athletic Conference because other than Gonzaga, until you know they move this year into a different conference, I believe it's the uh, conference that Houston's in, you know, there's not really that many, you know, decent teams to, to go up against mm-hmm. and challenge the St. Mary's of the world and Gonzaga. Yeah, you have Santa Clara, you got San Francisco Dons, but, um, you know, it's tough to get a really good sense of that Rick Bennett, um, St. Mary's team. So when they, they face up against the VCU, I think it's a good matchup. I think it's going to be a back and forth game evenly matched teams with you know evened out um records you know st mary's being 26 and mm-hmm. 7 and vcu 27 and 7 i think vcu will have the home court advantage being being a little closer to albany than st mary's is uh, geographically mm-hmm. but i think st mary's will pull out in the end mm-hmm. um this yukon iona game is so exciting really for, for me for yeah. sure it is really exciting because um you know just just going in on the uh the home 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 court advantage um UConn has Andre Jackson, who is just a stud and a freak of nature, and, and he's from Amsterdam, New York. That's uh, mm-hmm. in the five one eight, and he went to he went to a private school called Albany Academy, and so it'll kind of be like a home home uh, reunion for mm-hmm. him, and I think a lot of home home fans will be rooting for him, and cool. um, Bobby Hurley and, and that whole UConn fan base will travel well yeah. to Albany, and they're really thrilled getting that uh, matchup in Albany, and um, they have a matchup versus Iona, which Iona. Mm-hmm. Uh, is very familiar with the, the MVP arena. They play yeah. twice twice a year there when they play Siena. And uh, Rick Pitino, um, it's interesting how Rick Pitino handles this game because I think it's the worst-kept secret that, uh, you know, after Iona loses the, uh, and their season's over with, uh, he's going to pack his bag and leave New Rochelle and, and, and go take that job at St. John's. I, yeah. I think that's the, the worst-kept secret in college basketball right now. Uh, he's 70 years old, and I think um, – he, you know, lost that job with with uh, Louisville with all those um, investigations that were going on, and yeah. they stripped him of the title, the whole nine yards. 
I think he went and coached in Italy for like a year or two just to get back into coaching. He lands the Siona job just to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and now I think um, what he's done the last few years is, is remarkable. I think Iona has really became the, the, the workhorse and in, in, in the talk of the, the Mac. So that, that's not going to be an easy, easy battle for, for uh, UConn. That's going to be two teams that are going to have a huge fan base. And um, I think UConn's going to pull that out in the, in the end. But uh, that's going to be a heck of a game. And um, I just, I'm curious to see how Iona um, plays that game because obviously with, with Rick Pitino potentially leaving, you know, kind of it'll be like a Seton Hall affair um, with that team last year. Uh, not Seton Hall, excuse me, um, St. Saint, uh, Saint Peter's. Mm-hmm. You know, it, was, it, it was the worst kept secret all through March Madness. You know, once Shaheen Holloway's team loses uh, for St. Peter's with that Cinderella one run, you know, he was going to, you know, the next day, you know, run over to St. Uh, uh, Seton Hall and take his uh, alumni job there. So a lot of distractions this time of year towards those types of things, but I think you kind of pull it out. Uh, TCU, like I said, Jamie Dixon, very good coach team. I think they'll pull it out. My, my biggest excitement for the West region, I want I want a rematch in the Sweet 16 of Gonzaga-UCLA. If we remember a few years ago, yeah, that Gonzaga-UCLA game, um, what's the... Jalen Suggs, there we go. Jalen Suggs hit that shot mm-hmm. uh, for, for Gonzaga, and, and you know, yeah. Tiger Campbell was on the team still, and um, uh, Jamie Jacks Jr., them two are seniors this year with UCLA, and that, that veteran leadership or UCLA, I think, they're going to get the revenge this year. Mm-hmm. I will touch on this later, later on, but I, for my, my uh, national championship uh, team this year, I think it's going to be UCLA. I just think they're the hottest team this year, and they have the most talent and veteran leadership. And um, I, I think it, it, if they get through uh, Gonzaga and Kansas, I, I think they have no problem uh, winning the national championship. I think Kansas won't repeat as, as champion, and I don't think they'll get to the Final Four. I think their, their run stops at um, the, fi- the Elite Eight this year, which is very respectful. But um, Kansas has a hard, hard run. You know, they'll have to go up against an Arkansas team, which is very well coached and a very good team. Don't overlook an eight seed ever in Arkansas and an Eric Musselman team. You know, we saw what we did with Nevada and what he's doing with Arkansas. He's building a great team there and a great program. Um, UConn is very athletic, but I think Kansas will outlast them. And then, you know, uh, Kansas will have to play a UCLA team. And I just, I think it's UCLA's year. I think Mick Cronin and UCLA, they're, they're, uh, they're hungry. They want that rematch versus Gonzaga and, and Sweet 16. And I think if I, I think if Gonzaga and UCLA game goes as how we all think and want it to go and UCLA comes out on top, I think the sky's the limit for them. So I think out of the West, UCLA is going to pull it out. I just uh, – I'm really excited and going to have my eyes peeled onto that West bracket. Yeah. Uh, Gonzaga is going to, you know, have – um, an easy task up until about the Sweet 16. They they got Grand Canyon and then they got um, TCU, which I think they'll get get by. And then I think unfortunately UCLA is going to expose them, you know, for for uh, showing that you know UCLA plays in the Pac-12. That's a great conference to play in. And until till the end of this year, uh, when um, Gonzaga leaves, Gonzaga plays in the Western Athletic Conference, which is. Uh, you know, not not the best conference, and that's why Mark Few has to really go out of his way to get non-conference games to practice for um, March Madness and these type of games, like a Gonzaga-UCLA. So what's your opinions on the West? Well, Gonzaga-UCLA, I'm really hoping for that game as well. I, I, I think any college basketball uh, fan under the sun wants that game and, and uh, really will have their eyes glued to it. Yeah, I mean, I think that those top three seeds in the West all have a great chance. To go deep, you know, I think Kansas uh-huh. has as good of a chance as, as any team of repeating. You know, repeating is very difficult. We haven't seen a team be do that since Florida did it in the mid two thousand. So, you know, I think they have a pretty right. good chance of of going deep. You know, they're an experienced, well coached team. So, you know, we'll see. But I think that UCLA Gonzaga both also experienced, well coached teams. So, I really think it could be yeah. any of those three that uh, make a Final Four run. And the only, the only game I uh, I have a hard time picking for for the West, um, it, you know, to me it was a toss up. I kind of 
picked the Northwestern Boise State 7-10 matchup. Um, if I had any advice, I would just use seniority and um, strength of schedule and what conference they're in. I think Northwestern and Boise State are two teams that are actually kind of overrated. I, I, I don't have anything against them. I just think they're a little overrated and um, – they don't, don't jump out at me as a, a team that can go far mm-hmm. in, in the dance and that um, are going to make a big impact. But that's why I went with Northwestern in that 7-10 game, just because, yeah. you know, when it come, you compare apples to apples, Northwestern's in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. They play, you know, powerhouse teams like your Michigan States, your Iowa, Purdue, yeah. to where Boise State doesn't have those, uh, you know, hard teams to, mm-hmm. to practice against in the Mountain West. So mm-hmm. um, that, that was kind of something I, I – just pick in that regards, but I, I'm really hoping that UCLA uh, comes out on top here. I think it's their year, and it's honestly UCLA's um, bracket to lose. Yeah, yeah. So, so let let's let's save the you know we're here to save the the best for last, the East for last. Yeah. Um, my my favorite college basketball analyst, John Rothstein, off of CBS uh, Sports. Follow him on Twitter. Really has great stuff in, in college basketball. I think this uh, region is the one where it could be upset city and and uh, nightmare city. Upsets mm-hmm. galore and uh, an absolute mess. I think this mm-hmm. is where you're going to see a number one seed get upset mm-hmm. and exposed. Um, just going through it a little bit. Um, I think my first upset, not really an upset, you know, eight, nine matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I give credit where credit's due. If you're a mid-major program and you have 31 wins, I'm rolling with you. I, I like uh, Florida um, Atlantic mm-hmm. uh, being 31 and three. I think Dusty May has a really good team, and uh, I think they're just too athletic for for Memphis. Yeah, Memphis has um, you know better strength strength of schedule and you know play tougher schedule uh, in regards to uh, their le- uh, conference and you know mm-hmm. who they played this year. But I think Florida Atlantic will uh, really give them a run for their money and uh, and win that nine eight matchup. Um, Duke. You know, we saw what Duke did last year. We weren't expecting it. They made it to the Final Four mm-hmm. and uh, Coach K's, uh, you know, retirement party. I think, uh, you know, you have to take with a grain of salt Duke because they have a really, really hard draw with Oral Roberts, the best player in basketball besides Zach Eady. And your name isn't Zach Eady. Is, uh, for a mid-major uh, is Max uh, Abamus. He is a lights-out shooter, one of the best three-point shooters in the league, um, and I think he'll uh, he'll make a really good uh, basketball player in the NBA someday as like a second-round pick uh, on a team. And he, uh, he he's all uh, he's all the real deal, and he's been you know one of those players that you know didn't leave early. He just played all all throughout um, you know four years of uh, college basketball. So I think that is going to be a great matchup. That's the one thirty. 30 uh, win team that I don't think uh, will have an upset uh, Bruin. I think Duke will pull it out. I also think Duke is kind of hurt that they got a five seed. I think they could have uh, potentially uh, had an argument for that four seed with uh, switching uh, Tennessee and Duke around. I, I think Duke um, had a better argument for the four seed in, instead of Tennessee, but um, I'll be, I'll be excited for the Duke Tennessee matchup. I think um, Duke will continue to pull it out and, uh, I, I honestly think Duke is going to upset Purdue. I think um, uh, Kyle Flipowski, the the really tall big man for Duke, is going to expose um, Zach Eady. Uh, Zach Eady, yeah, he's like Yao Ming Jr. But um, I think what you're going to see here is um, in, in uh, the Big Ten, there's not many other big men that match up to a Zach Eady size who can play with him. Mm-hmm. I think Duke has Kyle Flipkowski, who is almost the same height as um, Zach Eady, who he's about 7'1". So I think they're going to really go head-to-head with each other. And Duke has other people who can score. And, um, you know, the starting five really uh, can produce a lot of um, scoring and uh, ball, good ball rotation and good minutes. And other than Zach Eady, if Zach Eady is not scoring a, and having a double-double 24-10 and 10 in game, they don't have much offense. So I think that's going to hurt Purdue um, in, in the late games of March Madness. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be the first number one uh, team to uh, get get uh, the boot out of uh, March Madness and be upset. I think Duke 
is going to make a run. I have Duke actually um, going to the uh, Final Four. Um, that's just my opinion. I think also upset city. Uh, I got Kentucky uh, beating Kansas State, number six. Uh, Kentucky beating uh, Providence first and foremost, and then um, beating Kansas State. I just I think Kansas State doesn't have experience. They have a head, new head coach uh, in Jeremy Tang. Uh, Jerome Tang, excuse me, nothing against him. He just doesn't have um, that experience uh, yet, and it's a, it's a young group. And, um, you know, they have a three seed, you know, all the props to them. But I think um, I think Kentucky and the experience of John Calipari, and they're going to be able to use that. Uh, um, they're going to be able to use the uh, motivation of, you know, is Kentucky real or not? Mm-hmm. Is John Calipari going to get fired at the end of the year? You know, are they overrated? Mm-hmm. All that, you know, nonsense that, you know, was happening and brewing up to, to March Madness. I think mm-hmm. they'll be able to showcase that they are a good team. And I, I think um, Marquette is going to beat um, Kentucky in the Sweet 16. But then when uh, Marquette matches up against Duke, I think they're going to have a hard time. And I think Duke's mm-hmm. going to move on to, to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing to... Uh, touch upon in, in the east it's what john rothstein says um all the time january february iso what that means is you do not count out michigan state or tom Izzo mm-hmm. in march do not go against him they play U- usc mm-hmm. as a uh, seven to ten matchup i think they're going to get through um to the uh the second round but then they, they play Marquette. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a have a upset again and beat number two Marquette. But I think Marquette is just really having a good good season. And um, Shaka Smart's got that team firing on, firing on all cylinders. So um, I think this is a wide open region. Mm-hmm. It is a uh, it's the region of opportunity. I'm going to call it. I think mm-hmm. it's anyone's anyone's uh, door to to be open. But I think um, I uh, I have Duke coming out of um, this East region, just mm-hmm. because we saw what Duke did last year, John Shire, yes, being a first year head coach. Um, he's been on that bench next to, uh, uh, coach K for quite some time. So mm-hmm. I think he'll, he'll be uh, groomed enough to, to get through this. And I, uh, I think, um, Zach Eadie's going to get exposed because, um, Zach Eadie reminds me a lot of Luca Garza. If you remember him from Iowa a few years back, um, mm-hmm. Luca Garza was, you know, that 25 and 10 a game, he'd average triple doubles in the Big Ten. And um, right now, I don't even believe Luca Garza is on the NBA team. I think he's hanging out in the G League. His game just didn't um, match up perfectly for mm-hmm. the NBA because, you know, you can't teach size. You know, he, you know Zach Eadie's seven foot four, mm-hmm. but um, when Zach isn't having a triple double or a double double and, and, and um, getting the ball down low and you know, scoring mm-hmm. nonstop, their offense doesn't really show for for Purdue. So I think Matt Painter is going to really have to bring out his clipboard and, and drop some plays other than just to down low and Zach Eady because as a coach, mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to double down on, on um, Zach Eady in the post, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be interesting. So mm-hmm. what's your opinion on the East? Because, I, I, like I said, this is the uh, region for opportunity. It's anyone's yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, I think – one of the things that I kind of thought of was you have three teams that have both or three teams that have good, solid, skilled big men. You know, you have Edie with Purdue, you have Filipowski on Duke, Oscar Shibley for Kentucky. You know, I think that yes. Kentucky is kind of a forgotten team that I think there's always a lot of, sure there's always a lot of, there's always a lot of scrutiny on that team just with Calipari being the coach and, you know, the Kentucky brand. But I think that it could be, it could be a deep run for for that program this year. That I think it could surprise. I wouldn't be surprised. And, you know, remind people that it's a very good program. I also think that Michigan State, you know, like you said, very well coached, and I think they certainly could beat Marquette. Marquette, I think, to me, is kind of similar to Virginia in that you have a team that can outscore them. You know, could they run into trouble? You know, who knows? But. I think the thing with Purdue and the biggest thing is how can those other guys score the basketball, you know, because clearly, you know, Edie is going to be a focus of most teams, you know, clearly he's their best player. So 
you know, other teams are going to focus on him. And so I think the biggest thing is going to be, can Purdue get their other guys to knock down open shots? Because clearly, you know, EB, you know, will get doubled at, at, at some points. And so I think, you know, how can they make sure that their guys are knocking down, you know, open shots at a consistent rate, and honestly... Exactly, and, and Purdue is going to have to really be a, a good three-point shooter, yeah. um, shooting team in March right. Madness, because what's going to happen is mm-hmm. Zach Yee is going to be double down in, in the post. Yeah. They're going to, you know, collapse on him, and that's mm-hmm. going to leave a three-point shooter open. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, you know, they're really working on in practice, you know, yeah. that type of formation, because that that's where you're going to be able to yeah. um, move on to these next-round games and, mm-hmm. and um, continue battling for, for a, a national championship as a one seed and not being that first team out yeah. because um, if they take away Zach Eady or say he has an off game and, and yeah. there's a lid on the basket, which, you know, could very much happen. Um, you never know because, you know, neutral courts, neutral sites, you're not, you're not used to that, you know, court that you have mm-hmm. at Purdue or, you know, um, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. So I think that's, that's a, a, a big factor that's going to play into yeah. Um, you know, Purdue, and I, I, I just think that there, it's going to be a tough matchup uh, in that Sweet 16, Purdue and Duke, um, and it's going to be, that's going to be a battle, and I think that's going to be a game of, you know, Purdue is going to have to make their shots because there could be a, a chance that, mm-hmm. hey, you know, Flipkowski's got a, a, a handle on Zach Eady, and he's going to box him out, and he, uh, He's going to uh, take him out of his comfort zone because it's it's really so easy for Zach Eady nine times out of ten. I mean, there's a reason why his nickname is Yao Ming Junior. He's seven foot four, right? you know, and, he, and he's athletic. Yeah. I, mean, I just want to make one one yeah. note. Um, I want to I want to uh, just make one note about uh, you know Kansas State. You know, yeah, I, I have them um, getting upset by Kentucky, mm-hmm. but as a bat as a college basketball fan uh, and just someone with a big heart. Um, no pun intended about what I'm about to say. Um, I'd love to see Kansas State possibly make a run. I think it'd be a nice story because if, if we uh, remember, um, Kansas State has a transfer from Florida, uh, Keontae Johnson. Keontae Johnson was the one at Florida who, who went down and had a cardiac arrest on the court mm-hmm. uh, two or three years back. Yeah. And um, they weren't sure he'd ever play basketball again. Yeah. And then he transferred to Kansas State and it is the focal point of that, that program. And I, uh, I think it'd be a great story if uh, – you know, he, he uh, has a great March Madness, and, and they do move on and, and, and win a few games. I yeah. think everyone would, would, would love that and that, that tug on the heartstrings there um, yeah. for, for basketball fans. It, it'd be nice to nice to see. But I think this, this East region is, is definitely uh, up, up, in, uh, up for grabs. There's, there's no, uh, mm-hmm. no solid, you know, that team is definitely coming out of, coming out of the, uh, the East. It could be Duke. It could be Purdue. It could be Kentucky or Marquette. It just depends on how the the um, the cookie crumbles, you know. Yeah, I think that they're. So, what is your uh, what is your uh, final four? If you don't mind me asking. No, no worries. Uh, just think, uh, just that last note on the East. I think there's a chance that uh, whoever wins the tournament comes out of the East. Um, okay, so I'll hold you to that. I'll hold you to that. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I think you will hold me to that because uh, Purdue is actually my pick out of the East. So. I have Alabama, oh, okay. right. Alabama, Purdue, uh, Texas, and Kansas uh, for my final four. You know, th- you're a rookie. Like. You're a rookie. Uh, you never yeah. go three number ones, dude. You know that's not gonna happen. Yeah, well, I don't know, man. It's 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 just kind of a, a rough thing. You know, I might make some some tweaks to it, but that's the one that I made this afternoon. So okay, um, we'll see. You know, I'm not. I just, I you know, I, I think yeah. I think you hit a good. I think you made a good point with Kansas. I, I, it's yeah. any any sport doesn't matter if it's football, basketball, baseball. It does not matter. I think it's very very hard to repeat as champions and get there to the to the um, to the championship because there's a big target on your back. Mm-hmm. Kansas yeah. is going to have a target on their back. Everyone wants to beat the defending national champion. Yeah. Um, I think I think um, just in my opinion, I think uh, number one seed Alabama. Uh, I have five seed Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, two seed, uh, two seed Texas and um, two seed UCLA mm-hmm. um, in my in my final four this year. I think this is the, um, I think this is this the two seeds 
uh, bracket this year. I really, I really do. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a two seed uh, wins wins March Madness. But I, I honestly think it's a toss up. It's either, in my opinion, going to be Alabama or UCLA. It's it's their March Madness to lose. And I think it's going to be a you know a close scoring game. I'd love to see it to be Alabama and uh, UCLA. It'd be two great uh, teams playing with each other with great athletes and and two great coaches. Um, but anything anything can happen. I think anything can happen. And um, it, it's really going to be a good three weeks of, uh, of college basketball. And it's, it's exciting. And uh, it all starts on Tuesday. And um, yeah. two, 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 two on Tuesday, two on Wednesday, and then 16 games uh, Thursday and 16 games uh, Friday. So right. uh, it's, it's going to be uh, very, very uh, exciting. It, mm-hmm. it, I love this time of year. And uh, yeah. it's going to be really really uh fun to watch and the best thing about college basketball is um you know because we just switched to nba for a little bit um you get to you get to showcase and and watch um college basketball players who might be going under the radar and and, and have to make a name for themselves Mm -hmm. for those nba scouts and Mm -hmm. what better stage to, to put yourself on a pedestal than march madness so i think this also helps to draft stock um, like I've said with, you know, some some uh, mid-major teams, you know, like your Colgate with uh, Matt Langle. You got Drake with uh, uh, Darren DeVries. You know, these mid-major coaches, they're going to be coaching their, their butts off to maybe get um, some promotions. So I think a lot is at stake for, for, for March Madness, and I think uh, it, it's a great time of year, and there's always going to be upsets, that's for sure. Um, the 12, 12-5s, the 8-9s, you know, everything, uh, everything is going to – to not play out how you how you fill out these March Madness brackets and one one more quote from John Rothstein um, if you plan on filling out a March Madness bracket whether it's uh, on paper or um, you print one out or you do even do it on your phone I I consider um, you know consulting with your um, your local cardiologist and uh, also having them some flammable kerosene uh, close by because these brackets could go up in flames uh, pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, just make sure you're outside when you're lighting your bracket on fire. Yeah, that's true. I think the local fire department will refrain from you lighting your brackets on fire and inside. Yeah, I can speak for that as a firefighter yeah. here. So. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, before you get on me for three number one seeds in the final four, just know that I have a, a ten seed, a six seed, and a five seed making the elite eight. So, <laughs> who's your ten seed? I gotta hear it. Utah State. Wow, you must know something I don't. I mean, no, no, no offense to, to Ryan Odom and his squad, but ah, it's, I mean, because you, you look at it, if say they do they do beat Missouri and, and Dennis Gates with his program playing very well right now, they they got to play at Arizona, which Tommy Lloyd's gonna have those boys ready to play, my friend. I don't have know, have you watched the Arizona UCLA games lately? That oof, they're very talented. I don't know, man. There's always there's always one team that. Comes out of nowhere, makes a deep run. I'm just kind of, you know. I, I think it, just I think it. you're uh, you're going with Utah State because it's the same coach that led the UMBC squad oh, to that 16 seed. I think you, I think you're gonna have them run the run the uh, run the Cinderella slip, right. slipper again. Right. I, I actually we'll got see. one question for you before we end it. I want to end on this maybe if, if you're okay with it. So, and I've seen it all over Sports Center, and you know it's it's a good topic to end on on a yeah. podcast like this. So we all know 15 seed last year, St. Peter's, you know, makes a makes a Cinderella run. If you have to pick one or two teams, uh, who would you say would be this year's St. Peter's esque uh, team? Well, not to beat a dead horse, but Utah State. Okay, all right. All uh, right. I think I I think they could. Um, I also think I think VCU possibly. Um, if I just take a look at the rest of this, um, yeah, I mean it's 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 almost impossible to know, you know, who's going to be that team. Um, mm-hmm. UC Santa Barbara possibly with the way that they can score. Um, if you know if they get some upsets, that I don't know, man. It's really it's it's very hard to know because I think that it's kind of just an any any given day type of thing that you know any team could have an off day any team could have a day where they're you know shooting 60 percent from the field you know it's hard to know but light lights out and they yeah. can't miss yep exactly so yeah those are just a couple I, I think i think 
Yeah, I think if I have to pick one team, um, that that could be the potential um, St. Peter's team of last year. I, I'm going with Charleston as the 12 seed. Okay. I think they're going to upset. I think they're going to upset San Diego State. I think they're very well coached. Mm-hmm. I think they're kind of a team that's flying under the radar. Not many people know much about them. You know, besides their you know championship game being on TV. When it was, I think um, they're going to surprise a lot of teams. And, you know, we've already talked about it a little bit. Um, if they do win versus um, San Diego State as a 12-5 upset, mm-hmm. they, they play Virginia. And I mm-hmm. think if I'm Virginia and Tony Bennett, I am very scared to, mm-hmm. to get a 12-seed Charleston who's playing on all cylinders. I mean, like I said, they had a 19-game winning streak at one point this year because right. we know how Virginia's track record is mm-hmm. in March Madness. They, they've been... Uh, you know, two or three times on on the upset um, train there, where they've you know kind of got embarrassed and uh, under underperformed, and especially like that UMBC loss, and they were a one seed. So, um, I, I think uh, I think I have Charleston at least uh, making it to the the, the um, second round. Um, if they if they beat um, a Virginia as an upset, then mm-hmm. they they make it to the Sweet Sixteen, and but then they're matched up against an Alabama. So I think. Um, a St. Peter's uh, esque team would be a Charleston. I wouldn't be surprised, and um, I, I, I like that. I think it was great for basketball last year. Um, yeah. St. Peter's uh, really put themselves on the map. I yeah. think um, any small school like that, um, you didn't even know what a peacock was, and uh, they they took social media by storm. Um, you saw photos that went viral of their their uh, their campus, how small it was, and how you know outdated it was, and their basketball. Um, court was uh, mm-hmm. um, literally the size of the uh, school that I I coach at uh, for high school. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things. It's a very small Mac yeah. um, school, and uh, it was nice. You know, these small schools can you know put um, put their their name on the map, and uh, that that's that's one way that helps recruiting. I mean, as Absolutely. as a mid major coach, Jesus, Absolutely. it's it's uh, yeah. it's it's a it's a really really nice thing to have uh, March Madness really. Uh, Make your make your squad go viral and uh, help you do a little bit of recruiting. You're like, oh wow, a mid major program like uh, a Charleston. I, I think I might want to go there. I didn't know much about them or a Colgate or um, a Montana State. You know, th- things like that were you know good good programs that many people might not know much about. Or Vermont. I mean, Vermont has been um, the dark horse and the power horse of America East basketball for yeah. the last five, six years, and, mm-hmm. and they dominate. I mean, they yeah. dominate. John Decker has a great, great squad in Burlington, Vermont. So, mm-hmm. you know, those mid-majors like that, you know, it's not something to, to overlook. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, one of the beauties of the tournament, you know, is watching those small schools make a name for themselves and, you know, etch themselves into the history of the tournament, which, you know, yeah, we're all pretty angry when a team like that goes deep into the tournament for our practice. Exactly. But. You know, and, I I, and I'm just gonna end. On, I'm gonna end on this fun. note because I, I think it just has to be said. Yeah, Alabama ain't no football school anymore, baby. Yeah. <laughs> They're a football and basketball school because yeah. they used to be just an Alabama Crimson Tide force to be reckoned with yeah. for for football. They're, Nate Oates has a basketball team there. They yeah. they uh, they're making themselves very well known. So yeah. I think uh, that's gonna show itself very well in March Madness, yeah. and that's why I have as one of my uh, teams to make the national championship uh, in April, Fantastic. April 3rd, April 3rd, Fantastic. Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Houston, Texas, the uh, final four this year. So that should yes. be uh, fun to watch. And yeah, I'd say to everyone listening, enjoy the madness, you know, make sure you fill out a bracket, even if you have no idea what you're doing, it's still one exactly. of the most fun one one of the most fun sport experiences of the whole it year is. um just you know the three week period of just following the games watching you know for some people watching more basketball than they've ever watched in their entire lives um so yeah everyone enjoy that and any any last, and any last words matt make sure uh your significant other or you know uh roommates and everyone like that dude does not touch the remote for three weeks make sure you know where that remote is because (laughs) thursday and friday there's gonna be 16 basketball games all playing at once and you know if you have an ipad you have a laptop your phone tv 
Set it all up. God, you got a projector? Put it on your wall. Yeah. <laughs> March Madness, baby. Da-na-na. Da-na-na. <laughs> all right, everyone. Okay, I'm done back now. with you. All right. <laughs>